0: You are listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. For they will obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the Lord's word for you this morning. You may be seated. Well, thanks, Dave. We are in a new series called A New Humanity. And I guess before I get into that, just in case you don't know me, uh, my name is Cam Daly. I'm one of the pastors here at CA Church. I'm the campus pastor here at Rail City Campus. And uh, as Dave shared earlier, we are a church that is fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. Every single week, we open up God's Word. You've just heard it read for us today. And what you've heard read is connected to our new sermon series that we've been in for a few weeks called A New Humanity, talking about the greatest sermon that was ever preached, the words of Jesus, some of the most impactful words in human history. It's influenced ethics and laws. It's influenced people's daily living and lives. And it has challenged people generation after generation after generation. So for the next few months, we're going to be going through the Sermon on the Mount. And for these number of weeks, eight weeks, we will be going through the Beatitudes. And so we've already covered some of these Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. And today, where we are going to land is blessed... Uh, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for righteousness. It's interesting, though, he starts each one of these eight sayings with this word, blessed. Now, we say blessed because, I don't know, it just carried down generation to generation from, like, some old English guy, uh, and, uh, and so we always say blessed, right? But really, it's blessed. Blessed are these people, but the interesting thing is, if you look at translations throughout the years, they've actually translated this word blessed differently. Some of you might remember a translation that said, happy, happy are those who are poor in spirit. Happy are those who mourn, happy, and it's like, really? They're happy? This doesn't make sense. Uh, and, but it's been translated in many different ways, and it's this Greek word, makarios. Some have said blessed, happy, favoured, favoured are those who hunger and thirst. Lucky, even some people have said, right? Congratulations, you're poor in spirit, right? Congrats, you're persecuted. <laughs> it's like, now, uh, it's interesting as we've looked at this word, a friend of ours and, and uh, a pastor in the city of Vancouver, someone we respect, and has actually really influenced a lot of our thinking around this series. And we did a, a session with him, the pastors of CA Church, a number of weeks ago. His name's Daryl Johnson. He's just like brilliant when it comes to biblical languages. And as he's dug into this word, he's tried to come up with a word or a phrase that best helps us to understand this word blessed. Because otherwise it can be kind of confusing, right? Uh, and uh, and he, he, now he was thinking about this in the 90s, okay? He was trying to figure out, how do I kind of convey this word? And one day he was uh, just hanging out in his study and suddenly he hears blasting, from his teenage daughter's room, the band In right? <laughs> and uh, and it's blasting, and he's trying to study. And you know, come on, I'm trying to figure out what this word "blessed" like, how to best translate it. And then he realized, wait, wait, what, what band's playing right now? And he asked his daughter. She said, "Oh, it's In Sync." And he said, "That's it, In <laughs> Sync." And this is a true story. Okay, he told us about this a few weeks ago. In Sync. He said, you know, I I feel like this is the best word, the best phrase to describe what Jesus meant when he began to preach this sermon. And it changes the way we think about these statements. Rather than saying, these are the things we need to become in order to be blessed, it changes the way we think. Rather, it says, in sync are those who are poor in spirit. In sync are those who mourn, in sync with God, in sync with the kingdom, in sync with him are those who hunger and thirst in righteousness. And so I thought it would help us just to read those Beatitudes one more time, but with this new way of, of phrasing it or thinking about it in mind. And so we can go through them right now. In sync are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. In sync are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In sync are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. In sync are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. In sync are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. In sync are the pure in heart, for they will see God. In sync are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. In sync are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, friends, when we begin to think about it a little bit differently, those who are in sync with God, with his rule and reign in their life, who the kingdom of God has began to come into their hearts, what happens is, is that they begin to look like, act like, and feel like these sayings. And it changes the way that we think about them. Because uh, rather than you know these really uh, almost unattainable things to strive towards, and to try and pursue and trying to become like, what happens instead is that when we accept Jesus, say, yes, I believe Jesus, Lord. Yes, you are the Lord of my life. I give my life to you. His spirit comes into our life, and like the fruit of the spirit, love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, what happens is, is that kingdom people, the new humanity, start to look like and act like these sayings. It changes the way we think about them. And so today, we're going to read about those who are in sync. And when they become in sync with God, they begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And they'll be satisfied. Anybody hungry right now? You're like, you're sitting there would I ate breakfast, you know. I never eat breakfast. I'm never hungry in the morning, never. If it's there in front of me, I will eat it. But I, my stomach does not lead me to the kitchen in the morning, okay. Uh, and so I, I, I often don't feel hungry. But then right around noon, oh man, do I start to get hungry, okay. And also like 1130 at night as well. Uh, <laughs> and maybe that's because my, my whole clock is just shifted up by four or five hours. I'm not sure why that is. But I was thinking about this idea of, uh, of people who are hungry and thirsty, who are just so hungry and thirsty. And it hit me last night. I went to go feed my dog. There's a really sweet, lovely dog in the front row here. Uh, what's his name? Van Stone. Van Stone. Okay. Hi, Van Stone. You're not allowed to pet him, but you can say hi to him. Uh, and uh, last night, I have a golden retriever, and every time we go to feed him, we say, Hungry, right? And if we think maybe he wants water, we say, thirsty? And he always responds. He's always hungry, and he is always thirsty, okay? The guy cannot get enough, okay? Some of you talk about your dogs, like, I just leave the food out, and they kind of pick at it throughout the day. This is not my dog. He is, he scarfs down the food, so much so we had to get this, like, ball and put it in the bowl uh, so that he doesn't eat it all at once and just totally choke on it, right? Um And and the guy eats his food every single day. He also gets the leftovers from my daughter. And he still, when we are in the kitchen, will be sitting at the edge of the kitchen. He's not allowed in the kitchen, but he'll be sitting at the edge of the kitchen hoping that something will fall down, okay? He is so lazy. Like, I will come home he won't even get up to greet me anymore, right? He won't even get it. But I get in the kitchen, he hears me cutting something. There he is waiting, <laughs> drooling, okay? Like drooling, right? He has, stole, uh, he has stolen cupcakes off of the countertops multiple times. It's like his thing. He loves cupcakes. Uh, he really has a fascination with eating bird droppings at Rocky Point Park. <laughs> rotting fruit, you know, on uh, the side of the road. I can't count the number of times I'm, like, grabbing his mouth, like, what are you eating, right? Like, last night, I literally pulled, like, a chicken bone out of his mouth. I don't know, someone was eating Kentucky Fried Chicken, chucked a bone, you know, on the side of the road, and he was eating it. So, but there was one time when he was a puppy, he got loose at Rocky Point Park, ran into someone's picnic, started eating their food just ferociously, Okay. <laughs> And he actually ate, like, a, you know, chocolate-covered marshmallows on a skewer, okay? Now, I didn't realize that it was on a skewer. I thought he just ate chocolate-covered marshmallows until the next day the skewer came out with a new type of chocolate-covered marshmallow (laughs) still on it, okay? I do not know how it made its way through his system, but he is alive and well four years later, okay? So... (laughs) Here's the point, okay? <laughs> and, and if you're new to our church, you're like, we, we like to laugh, okay? We like to have, just like laugh a little bit. It's not all serious, right? He has this insatiable hunger and an insatiable thirst, okay? The guy just loves to eat and to drink, okay? And, 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 and it, it just seems like it cannot be quenched. This is what kingdom people look like and act like. They have this insatiable hunger and this insatiable thirst for righteousness. You see, um, this word that Jesus uses for hunger and thirst, it's really aggressive, kind of. It's actually kind of intense as you begin to look into it, okay? It, it, it's, it's, there, there's an intensity of hunger, an intensity of thirst. A guy named William Barclay, he's a commentator on the Bible and tries to help us understand it and put it into language that we get good commentary, okay, for you, you folks. If you're trying to just get to know God's word, he says this. He says the hunger which this beatitude describes is no genteel hunger, which could be satisfied with a mid-morning snack. The thirst of which it speaks is no thirst which could be slacked with a cup of coffee or an ice drink, even in Port Moody. It is the hunger of a man who is starving for food. It is the thirst of a man who will die unless he drinks. This is what Jesus is talking about. He's not just talking about like, hmm, I could have a snack right now, you know. Oh, okay, I guess I'm a little bit parched. Doctor told me I should drink a little bit more water. This is not what he's talking about. It is like, it is Henrik, my dog, okay? This unquenchable, insatiable hunger and thirst just is is constantly longing to eat. What Jesus is describing is a man whose belly has been empty for days or a woman who is desperately looking for a spring in the desert. This intense longing, a determined desire for something that will satisfy. and I think many of us do have a hunger and a thirst, but often for the wrong things. And even kingdom people at times. We we hunger and we thirst and we have that within us, this, this unquenchable desire. But we go to wells and we go to places that just don't, Satisfy. I, I can think. Oftentimes, I'll be playing hockey on uh, Wednesday nights, ball hockey. By the way, drop in. Okay, it's re- it's like only five bucks. There's always two goalies. It is a good time, and it's at the uh, right across the street at the rec center. And oftentimes, you know, after playing hockey for like two hours straight and running, I find myself very thirsty. And then I come home, and I'm a big Coca-Cola fan. Okay and I will get a Coke, like a one liter thing of Coke, and chug it. Okay? <laughs> I know, totally disturbing to some of you, right? Um, <laughs> but the thing about Coca-Cola, what it's, 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 oh yeah, the bubbles, and the, it just, it feels like it's hitting the spot in the moment, but it actually dehydrates me, right? Ever, you ever been, like, so hungry? And you come home, you look in the fridge, and there's like wonderful fruit and, you know, produce and all this kind of stuff. But you go for the bag of Doritos, right? And you're just sitting there eating Doritos. Some of you can relate. Some of you cannot. But I think at times we, we all of us as human beings, just have a craving, a, a deep hunger, a deep thirst. But we often go to places and spaces that will not satisfy that will not actually help us to achieve what Jesus is talking about in this beatitude. We do not find ourselves satisfied. We find ourselves thirsty. Now, when you, some of you hear that word "thirsty," I'm going to give this a little bit of a lesson for anybody over the age of forty. When you say, "Like, are you really thirsty?" You know, son, right? That means something totally different to your twenty-year-old. Okay, uh, it's <laughs> to to be thirsty in our cultural moment. Is actually someone who, who longs and, and just hungers for, for sex, for intimacy, those kind of things. So just be forewarned, okay? But the truth is, the matter is that many of you are taking this thirst, this desire that you have, and you're going to the well of sexuality, of pornography, of relationships, of Tinder, of all those kind of things, and you're trying to satisfy yourself. But you realize in the end, even if it's, there's momentary satisfaction, you don't feel satisfied. There's some of you who are going to the well of social media. You're looking for affirmation. You're looking for attention. You're looking for community, community. You're looking, and and, and you just want more and more. And so you keep going there for the likes. You keep posting. You keep sharing. If I can just get some more followers, if I can just get some more subscribers, if I can just get some more likes, then maybe I'll be satisfied. There's some of you who love things. You just keep buying things, more and more things. You want another car. You want another uh, wardrobe, and you're chasing after things, and you just more and more stuff and you get so much stuff that you need to buy a storage locker right and just start like keeping your stuff and you're looking to stuff you have this this thirst that we as human beings have you're you're going to the wrong places you find yourself dissatisfied you look at your house full of stuff you have everything you're Ariel, all right? Look at my stuff, right? Like, it's like, I got everything, right? I got 20 thingamabobs. I got 40 who's-it-what's-its, right? And, but yet, there's, you know, this longing that she has, and same for you. Friends, I think um, this quality of hunger and thirst, it's, it's not just a quality of kingdom, people. I think all of us as human beings, we have a deep hunger and thirst, but I think if we're honest, we find ourselves going to places, to things, that we, we can't say what this passage says that we are satisfied. And so the question is, how will we be satisfied? I think of Jim Carrey, uh, Canadian comedian. He said, I, th- I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they could see it is not the answer. And he obviously has a lot of money, right? <laughs> and he, yet he says, it just does not quench my thirst. Are you feeling hungry this morning? Are you thirsty? Do you eat and drink from the world and yet feel dissatisfied? C.S. Lewis puts it this way says if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world there is something, there, there, this world that I live in is broken, it's corrupted and it's obviously not medium. I was actually as a human being created for something better than this and to have a relationship with something greater than myself see our dissatisfaction that you're experiencing it's actually a sign all right it's a neon blinking sign in our life notifying us that we were not made for this world and that the things of this world cannot satisfy every time you feel dissatisfaction it is a sign that is pointing to something that you need something greater that you need something better But don't allow your dissatisfaction to discourage you. Peter Kreft, he said it this way, dissatisfaction is the second best thing there is because it dissolves the glue that entraps us to false satisfaction and drives us to God, the only true satisfaction. You see, Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. Those, this dissatisfaction that we have, it's because we're not pursuing the right things. But don't allow that to just get you down in the dumps and just discourage. Allow it to push you, to push you away from these wells, to push you away from these things that do not satisfy and towards the one who can. You see, Jesus' people do not crave, they do not long after the things of this world. They begin to desire and long for righteousness. For righteousness. Now, when you hear this word righteousness, immediately you probably think of like moral righteousness. They long to do what is right and not do what is wrong. And, and definitely this is part of what Jesus is implying here. You might think of legal righteousness, those who long to be declared right not guilty, your debt is paid, you're free to go. And, and Jesus probably is talking about legal righteousness as well. But in the context of Matthew and the way he would think about righteousness, the reason he would choose this word, as you begin to dig deeper into it once again, like the word blessed, it gives us a new understanding and a new way of thinking about what Jesus means. It's not just those who long to do what is right, although that is part of it. It's not just those who long to be declared right, although that is part of it. But it is those who desire and long for right relationship. Right relationship or to be right related. You see, in that day, in that time, not everything was so individualistic. And legal and all those kind of things. It was communal and everything was connected to God and to others and to the world. There wasn't this disconnect. And so when Jesus says, You are in sync with God, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, what he is actually saying is that we are in sync, those who are in sync, hunger and thirst for right relationship, and they will be satisfied. And they will be satisfied. You see, in sync are those who have a deep, insatiable desire to be rightly related in their lives. And so here's what Jesus is telling us. The true source of satisfaction is not found in the things in the world, but being in right relationship. But with what and with whom? Well, this right relationship actually is correlated to multiple facets of our life. There's this uh, Hebrew word shalom. And this word shalom means to be right with God, to be right with ourselves, to be right with others, and to be right with the world around us. And this New Testament equivalent, I think, is drawing us to this, is that those who hunger and thirst to be right with God, with themselves, with others, and with the world, they will be satisfied. Those who seek right relationship will be satisfied satisfied but what does he mean by each of these the first is this our relationship with ourselves the inner relationship that each of us has to ourself it's the way we see ourselves It's the way we love ourselves it's the way we know ourselves It's the way that we care for ourselves and so Jesus is saying that the people of God will begin to hunger to be right within themselves to not be an in inner turmoil but to be at peace, to have confidence in who they are, to know how they were created. To be right in right relationship with yourself. He also means to be in right relationship with other human beings. You see, we are social creatures. Think of the very beginning. It is not good for man, human beings, to be alone. And so God creates Eve. He creates community. We are created to be in community with others, not living solo and isolated hermit lives. That can be good for a time, but each of us, we, we need one another. It means that we have a right relationship with the world or the earth. We are physical creatures. We have blood and we have air in our lungs. We, we live in a ecosystem. We live in a planet. We were not made to live separate from it, to just utilize it and just take from it, to be, but to be in sync with it, to be in right relationship with it. And finally, and most importantly, we as people were made to be in relationship with God. We are spiritual beings, not just physical ones, more than flesh and blood. We were created to know and to have a personal relationship with God. In the beginning, when God created everything, human beings walked perfectly with Him in relationship with Him. But because of sin entering the world, it broke that relationship. But we were meant to know Him and spend time with Him and not be hiding from Him like they did in the garden, But to be right with God, not to have a wall between us and God, not to have separation from us and God, which sin has created, but to actually know him and spend time with him. See, this is what Jesus is telling us this morning. Those who hunger and thirst for these things, to be rightly related with ourselves and others and the world and God, they will be satisfied. Those who seek right relationship, the restoration of wrongs, they will be satisfied. And so, the person who longs to be rightly related with themselves, who is working through the lies they've believed about who they are and they're straightening them out, the person who forgives themselves and has grace for themselves and and makes peace with themselves... The person who goes to counseling to work through their pain and their trauma and their history and their challenges because they want to be restored. The person who seeks to be honest and vulnerable and real. These types of people who hunger for these things, they are in sync with the kingdom of God. They are in sync with the king. The person who desires to be rightly related to others who drove hours to go up into the Okanagan, let's just say, to make peace with an estranged family member or friend, to offer forgiveness or grace or make amends. The person who is fighting right now for their marriage, they're just fighting with everything they've got to try and stay married, to try and make it right. The person who longs for justice in this world, The NLT actually translates this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. And this is another way that we can translate this word. So so the person who longs to see the unhoused find home, and the hungry fed, and the poor cared for. Or or for those of you who have just like such an incredible heart to see reconciliation with indigenous peoples and communities. Those of you who want to see racial justice in this world, I was driving down Koma Lake and all of a sudden I started seeing these red dresses hanging in the, the trees and they represent uh, women who are missing or who have been murdered, specifically indigenous women. I, I thought to myself as I was driving, many of those kids who hung up those dresses, they, they, they probably don't know Jesus, but they're in sync with the way of God. There's a, they're entering into synchronization with God as they care about the things that God cares about, the injustice in this world. Those who fought and are fighting to this day to abolish slavery, think of William Wilberforce, those people who, who wanted to see restored dignity and human beings treated, while they're insane. Those who desire justice in court against someone who has done evil and yet at the same time desires for that people to find forgiveness and be restored, they're in sync. The business person who chooses to operate with integrity in their business practices, who entreats their employees fairly and with integrity, they are in sync with the ways of God. Those who want a right relationship with the world, they spend their days, maybe even there's some people cleaning up ecosystems or working to protect habitat. Those who, who who longingly just want to see the world restored, whose heart breaks for the things that are happening in our planet. They're in sync. You gardeners, as you garden, you plant flowers and trees and these types of things, you, you you're creating space for, for creation to flourish. You're in sync. The marine biologist who rehabilitates a sea mammal that's been injured or hurt and releases them, they're in sync. Yes, them too. You see, those who long for a right relationship with the world, they hunger and thirst for this. They are becoming to be in sync with God's ways. And especially those who want to be right with God those who have devoted their lives then they said, Jesus, your Lord, your King, I want to follow you. The person who finds themselves weekly at community group and at classes and at church and they're serving and they just want to connect with God. The person who desires to be right and says no to the inner desires and temptations that are leading them away from God, but decide to instead live in light of what he has told us is right and wrong how to live, they're in sync. Person who finds themselves daily repenting for their sins or asking for forgiveness, they're in sync. The one who wakes up to do devotions because they want to spend time with the Lord, they're in sync. You see, they're becoming in sync with God as they desire relationship with him. This is what righteousness, righteousness is. It is right relationship with ourselves and others the world and God, it is under, and, and this understanding of this word, it, it does change the way that we think about it. It's not just those who hunger and thirst for morality. You see, they, they hunger and thirst to be right with God, so therefore they live rightly. It's not just those who, you know, long for justice, but they hunger and thirst to be made right with their fellow man and woman. And so they, they, they are becoming in sync with God. And I noticed this in my life. I didn't grow up in, in the faith. And one of the, the benefits that gives me is I can see a really clear before and after. And so we didn't go to church on Christmas, Easter, or anything like that. We didn't talk about God. I had no relatives, aunts, uncles, grandparents, nobody. Last Christian in my family was my mother's grandmother. Okay, I've got her Bible that sits on my desk and it's a reminder that how easily faith can just slip away in the legacy of generations. And because I have a really clear before and after, I can see what began to change in my heart. When I accepted Jesus, I began to become in sync with God. And so I went from constantly being obsessed with like the Vancouver Canucks, okay? I was just like, I watched every game. I was always wearing Canucks gear. I was like, I I would call in sick to watch Canucks games at Walmart, all right? Exhibition games. And then I I come to faith and suddenly I'm missing hockey games to go to youth group, right? And to spend time with other believers. And I'm like, this is different, this is weird. And then suddenly people that I had wronged in my life I wanted to, like, make things right with them. So I started doing weird things, like calling people up. Hey, can we meet? I just want to apologize to you for some things, right? Like, uh, and, uh, or, like, even there was this one time where, I don't know, there was a coworker of mine who I really grew in bitterness against, uh, and, you know, I was talking smack about them, all that kind of stuff, and then... You know, come to faith, and God begins to work on your heart. One day, I pick up the phone and call them, and I get their voicemail. And this must have been the weirdest thing to receive, like, ever, right? To hear this voicemail. Hey, it's me, it's Cam. I just want to let you know I've really been harboring bitterness against you. And I was talking really poorly about you to our coworkers, and da And it was so wrong. And I just want to, you know, make it right, and apologize, and just repent, and da-da-da. They never called me back. But... Uh, <laughs> But I can see, I could see as I, I gave my life to Jesus, things began to I, synchronize in these areas. Suddenly, I had a huge heart for the downtown east side. Um, and, uh, and so when I was 18 for my senior project at Port Moody Secondary, uh, I, I decided to partner with John Morrison, who was my youth pastor, and we created this thing called a Dollar a Day campaign where we were trying to get as many people as possible to give a dollar a day for 30 days in the month of November 2008. Uh, and all that money was going to go to helping people who are homeless and different organizations that were working with them. And all of a sudden, I just had this heartbeat for the unhoused and, and seeing them find home and, and those who were struggling down there to see that they were fed and cared for. Something shifted. My dad literally is like the city of Vancouver's bouncer, okay? He, 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 he's the guy who escorts. Homeless people off of Vancouver property, okay? And I'm going down to the downtown east side, praying for them. Something shifted, right? In in my mindset. My love for creation also just started to like be fanned in the flame. Even more so. I started caring about things in this world, in this planet. See, when Jesus comes into our life. He begins to transform the way that we live. We become rightly related. We have this desire for right relationship with God and with others, with the world, with ourselves. In sync are those who hunger and thirst for this. And so here is my question for you. Are you hungry? thirsty have you been going to wells and places that do not satisfy do you have a deep longing that nothing it seems nothing in this world can quench the application for us today is not this begin to hunger and thirst for these kind of things because left our own devices. We as human beings, we know this, because of sin, things have twisted in our hearts and our lives and we just inevitably chase after the wrong things. And you'd feel pretty tired like after today, after this Sunday, if I just said, yeah, come on, keep pursuing. Yeah, come on, go and make everything right. No, the application today is this. Surrender to God. Give Him your life. Ask Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit. Ask Him to empower you to do the things you cannot do. Some of you are like, I can never forgive that person. Spirit of God, help me to do what I cannot do. Help me to forgive. Some of you are like, man, I've got my own problems. I I can't care about all the stuff that's happening in the world, the injustices. God, no, give me your heart. Help me to care deeply about people more than I care about my finances or my next vacation. Lord, I can't forgive myself. I'm in inner turmoil. I'm not at peace with who I am. God, give. would you come into my life Would you help me to forgive myself? Would you help me to pursue healthy relationship with myself? Would I not chase after the things of this world? Could I make peace within? The application today is this. Give your heart. Give your life to God. Become poor in spirit. Recognize you're just desperately in need of a savior. And what will happen is this. And I experienced this in my own life. That wasn't just like a brag session about the things that I did after I came to Christ. Something radical changed in my heart when I gave my life to Jesus. I began to hunger and thirst for right relationship. It changed everything. So are you feeling dissatisfied? I want to circle back to Peter Kraft dissatisfaction is the second best thing there is because it dissolves the glue that entraps us to false satisfaction and drives us to God, the only true satisfaction. At this point, I'm going to invite up the band and we're going to move into a time of communion. And a communion moment is where we go from a monologue to a dialogue with God. And as we come to the table today, there's nothing more fitting as an application to what we've just heard. Because as we come to the table, we come needy, we come desperate, we come humbly, we acknowledge our deep need for God. We come to the one and we take the bread, which represents his body who is broken for us, but we come to the one who is the bread of life. And what did Jesus say in John chapter 6? I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And as we come to the table, we take the juice, which represents his blood, which was shed for us to cleanse us. And what it, but Jesus is also the one who satisfies our thirst. He says in John chapter 4, verse 14, to the Samaritan woman who had been chasing after relationships and sex to try and satisfy all of her desires. And he says to me, If you come to me, I will give you water and you will never be thirsty again. It will become a fresh, bubbling spring within them and it will give you eternal life. If you, if you drink from my well, you will never go thirsty. This is the application for us today. Come to Jesus and watch as your heart begins to become in in sync with the one who helps us to desire right relationship. I'm gonna pray and we'll come to the table. Jesus, thank you for this morning. I've likely hit some nerves today because I think many of us, myself included, we at times find ourselves going to sources to feel satisfaction that will never satisfy us. And so Jesus today, simple application is this. Righteous one, would you come into our lives and would you help us, God, to begin to hunger and thirst for right relatedness with you and with others and with this world and with ourselves? Righteous one, would you make us righteous? We cannot do this on our own. Oh, some of us have played the Christian game for so long and we're just still not satisfied. We're chasing after religion. We're trying to do it on our own. But this is a reminder this morning, we need you, Jesus, to come into our lives. Could you change our palates to desire the kingdom of God? Would you change our palates to desire the things of God? Would you help our brains and our hearts to be rewired to pursue you? We desperately need you, Jesus, the true righteous one, to make us and help us to hunger and thirst once again for righteousness. And so as we come to the table this morning, Jesus, I pray it would be more than a religious practice but it would be a profound crying of our hearts, God, we are hungry, we are thirsty. Help us to hunger and thirst after the things that you hunger and thirst. pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So when you're ready, you don't have to rush at once. You can come to the table. There'll be people here at the left and right, usually we go first row, second row, third row, fourth row, gluten-free option in the middle here if you need that, but it's okay to not get up when your line is there if you're not ready. Ready your heart and then come to the table. We're going to sing a song in response by a guy named John Foreman called Instead of a Show, and it's talking about God's heart in Amos, that he is not longing. He's not longing for a show from us. He wants us to pursue Him, righteousness and justice. So you can reflect on this song as you come to the table, and then we'll respond through worshiping together. So we'll do that now. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca railcity to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the Rail City campus of CA Church.